Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast. We are back with the fam. Hello. How are we all doing, guys? How's We all good? We <laughs> looking alive? We living. We living. Uh, how's our training been? Training's been good. I'm in week one of my new block, prepping for nationals. Squats are feeling the best they ever have. Uh, bench is doing okay, and i got deadlifts Friday. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Awesome. Mine's uh, pretty shit. <laughs> my back's hanging in there by a thread. It's hanging in there like this. Uh, but, yeah, nah, it's, it is what it is. Still squatting, still benching, still deadlifting, so it's fine. James is one of these lifters that gets miraculous healing powers <laughs> and then... <laughs> injured the next session and then miraculously healed in the next session. <laughs> it's very up and down, isn't it? Adrenaline's a great painkiller. <laughs> I thought I broke my back on Monday and then I was like, nah, it's better now. Did another set and it was fixed. Oh, Completely wow. healed. Magic. Mm. An even better set too. The cure is lifting heavier. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You gotta load load up. Uh, I'm much the same as James, hanging in hanging in there by a thread, uh, about three weeks to not die, and uh, I might be able to put up a total. I'm really now not confident that I'm going to PB anything, uh, but I'm going to go give it my best shot, and that's all I can do at this point. So um, I've come this far, even if I'm not going to go anywhere near close to what I'm capable of, I'm still going to get out there on the, on the platform with all my lifters and uh, do the very best that I can. Awesome. Can't and I, I believe you have a competition this weekend. Yes. Um, well, by the time you guys see this, the comp will already happened. So you'll know if I shat the bird or not. But <laughs> um, yes, uh, I have, I'm in, I guess, deload. I'm not really, I'm not training. Uh, this is comp week for me. I did my last session yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm keen for, no, I'm not. I'm hella nervous for the comp. You're going to do so good. <laughs> I'm not thinking about it at all, but I, I am excited for the day um yeah i reckon it'll be an awesome day this is your time to shine you can actually claim strongest filipino for a couple of months uh <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> you can 100 percent. no you've still got my total by like a lot nah, it doesn't matter it's current <laughs> no. current but your current total is bigger than i don't mine. have a total i haven't had a total since 2019 what was that total not much six or nine five seventy seven 577. 577. Yeah, you'll yeah. beat that. Yeah. Easy. You'll smoke if, that. Yeah. But in the yeah. gym, I went like 617. I don't know if that counts. That definitely doesn't well, there count. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go, 617. Now, <laughs> to my favorite segment, everyone's favorite segment, your grievance, Thomas. What is it? What is it this week? Well, this is meant to be like a gym grievance, right? But I forgot that the segment existed, and so I haven't put any thought into it. So my grievance is with... Uh, the delays that we're experiencing with Zero Brisbane. By the time you listen to this, we should be open. But I have to say should be just in case. And that's been the theme of the last month is just in case because uh, it's just been delay after delay with the um, with the, the building there. But the silver lining, we're almost there. We're almost over the final hurdle. So, um, yeah, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully we have a beautiful purple functioning gym. I'm so keen for it. It's going to be sick. Another one to the roster. On that note, Ryan, uh, Ryan Anderson reckons he's going to be the first to collect all the gym badges. He's trained at Zero Mackay, he's yep. trained at Southside, trained at Ground Zero, and he reckons he'll be the first to train at uh, Brisbane. No, second, or let's let's clarify, first member. Have you tried? Did you train at Mackay? Yes. He reckons he didn't. <laughs> he's how wrong. Does, how does he reckon you did? Does that work? I don't think you did, Thomas. Oh no! Oh, actually, come to think of it. You're Ryan right. knows more about my memory than I do. So, no, I definitely have. I've trained at uh, Zero Mackay uh, two or three times. So, um, plus he's got COVID, so he's going to have to get miraculously uh -oh. cured in the next week to beat me training there. Damn, the spicy cough got another one. That's right. Dang. That's right. But he, w I, I reckon he will be the first gym member to collect all the badges. There are some gym members that I, I don't even know their names. People from Mackay that have come down on holiday and trained here and at, at Southside. So Ooh. he'll be in contention with them if they decide to do another spur of the moment holiday next week. On that note, actually, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Can we get him a pink t-shirt if he collects all the badges? 
That's what he wants. Doesn't he have one? A pink one? Oh, he's got yeah. green with the pink right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, we can get him a pink t-shirt. That's mad. There you go, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, like, Ryan is um, has been pivotal in, in helping us build these gyms. Um, we use their, their transport company to take all our stuff around the place and... Um, um, we've uh, used their warehouse for storage while we're waiting for this gym to open. So, yeah, Ryan can have whatever the fuck color shirt he wants. That's mad. Let's go. I love how much we shout out that guy. <laughs> he loves it too. <laughs> it's so good. He's the best. He is. He's awesome. Love training with him. All right. Well, let's get into it. Before we get into it, this podcast is sponsored uh, by Establishment Coffee Co. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 and get 25% off your order and free shipping. So today we are talking about creating habits to becoming a successful lifter. Um, I don't think I have many of those habits, so <laughs> I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Well, do, do either of you guys want to go first before I start rambling things off? No, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have many of these habits either. I just think it's important to love what you do, and I love training, so. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, uh, what I think we should do is discuss the secondary part of that question first, which is how do you define success? And uh, I, I think this extends beyond um, beyond just the, the training world as well. I, uh, you know, like people's idea of success in business is, is different as well. Like people deem, some people deem like flashy stuff, like showing off riches as successful. You know, like if you see someone with a nice house or a nice car, you think they must be successful. And I've always found that really quite strange because success at what? Like success at having a um, an income that's good enough to take more money from the bank that's not yours? Like how is that actually successful and, and who actually cares about that success? And I think it's important here to remember that success in any context is truly self-defined and how other people perceive your success is kind of irrelevant. All that matters is how you perceive your own success. I actually, I kind of get annoyed when people say that I'm successful because it's like, what is your measure of success? All you're seeing is what I do or what I have done. Whereas my measure of success is probably very different. My measure of success doesn't really include the financial side of things. I have other markers of success that I'm working towards constantly and uh, I think that's the important place to start because as a lifter, um, you know, you guys were mentioning this before off air, uh, success isn't necessarily winning the biggest and best competitions, right? Success in, can come in many forms. What do you guys think about that? Absolutely. There's, um, yeah, I was just off air, we are talking about uh, <clears throat> what success meant to one of my lifters who recently competed. I won't say who he is, but for him, success was, he won already when he managed to step out on that platform and lift in front of people. That was the biggest hurdle for him. That's all he was stressing about. And once he got that first lift out, he couldn't give, he couldn't give two fucks what happened the rest of the day or to an extent. Mm -hmm. He was just so happy and so ecstatic that he walked out there in front of everyone and lifted. Considering his previous comp, he hurt himself on his first lift and he was totally embarrassed. He was already... He was already felt like he was out of his element being in a competition as well. So for him, he won that day and that was fucking awesome. And like to him, that was success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a personal success and that's what matters. I think it's where a lot of people go wrong in powerlifting in general because they get into it thinking that success is easy, especially if they've experienced easy success elsewhere. Like think of the the think of the um, the dialogue around like, I'm only going to compete if I'm going to win. I'm a competitive person, so I'll only compete if I'm going to win. If you say you're a competitive person, you're, you should be actively seeking out opportunities for yourself to get close to losing. That's what competition is. Like if I have, if I say the only way I'm going to, you know, be competitive or I'm a competitive person, so I have to win. And like, I'm like, well, if I have to lift against any of you, I pick Bridget because I'm going to smoke her by the <laughs> biggest gap. That's not competition. That's just flexing. Like true competition is seeking out people who have the ability to beat you. And so if you can do that, um, then, then that's what being truly competitive is. And a lot of this competition idea is just like uh, a construct in our mindset, you know. So um, I don't even know how I ended up here. We're talking about success. Uh, so how you measure success is, is really important to consider here. I, I guess um, 
when you're looking for what success means, you need to grade success as well or have scale to it. Like, let's just change that word, success, and look at it more in terms of like milestones, reaching a milestone, making it to the competition, getting competition experience, and then another milestone, placing in your weight class, and then another milestone, winning your weight class, and then another milestone, placing overall, and then another milestone, winning overall, and then breaking a record, whatever it may be. You have to have multiple ideas of success because if your idea of success is just the top, you may not ever get there because you don't focus on the process that's going to take you there. And you need to have these milestones, these successes along the way to give you that push and that drive to continue to move forward. Otherwise, any hurdle, any uh, anything that slows you down is going to be bigger than Ben Hurt. You're just going to want to stop. So step one in, in creating successful habits is knowing what success means to you. Um, because if the if the thing that you're aiming for is too lofty, it's going to be unrealistic for you to create those habits early. Um, if the if the milestone that you set is within your reach, if it's reasonable, then sticking to the habits that you need to create is going to be uh, more achievable. Because changing habits isn't easy, right? Not at all. Yeah, like if it was easy, you know, any client that you guys ever get and you're just like, oh, you need to eat better and sleep better. Oh, okay, I'll do that. But if it's not a current priority, bringing it to the forefront of your mind as a priority, it, it takes work and it takes constant exposure to like relay these neural pathways to make it a habit. Like a habit isn't just something that you speak into existence. A habit is something that you have to do over and over and over and over until it becomes automatic. Like you had to be told as a kid, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. And now you just brush your teeth. Unless you're Daniel Carpenter, then you very rarely brush your teeth. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. Ask Daniel about his dental, uh, his dental approach. He has very strong views on this. But you know what I'm saying, right? You, these habits don't come because you're like, oh, this is important. I better do it. Because if it was already if it was important to you, you'd already be doing it. And truth be told, like if you ask an inexperienced lifter, what do you think it takes to be good at this outside of just training? They already know. Mm. Everyone already knows you need to eat well. Everyone already knows you need to sleep better. Everyone knows this stuff. It's about how do we actually get someone to believe this is a priority and then take steps to actioning these things so that they create habits out of them. It's, it's crazy that you mentioned this. So I'm just going to talk about myself here for a little bit. So back in 2019, I had really high expectations of myself at GPC showdown or whatever. Really high expectations of myself. I didn't actually deserve to have those high expectations because I didn't create any habits to, uh, to, reap, the, to reap the benefits of that success that I wanted. So I had all these goals to total over, I don't know, 620 or something. I ended up totaling 577 or 567. I went six for nine had to do a huge water cut by like nine kilos. But I didn't actually take any steps besides the two hours I was in the gym where I trained hard. Outside of that, I did nothing. I didn't care about my nutrition. I didn't care about my sleep. I partied every single weekend leading up to the comp. (laughs) I like proper partied every weekend, get home Sunday, you know, 10 a.m. I wouldn't eat all Sunday, wouldn't eat half of Monday. I'd have a Maximus at midday kind of thing. And then I expected to perform really well. So just on that, yeah, it's like, well, I know we always talk about managing expectations and I had these huge expectations for myself. Um, to a lot of people, 620, that might not sound like a big total, but that was that's what I defined as success back then uh, for myself. And yeah, like I said, I just, I didn't do any of the one percenters to be able to have those high expectations for myself. Mm. I mean, they're not even one percenters. They're the big, they're the big rocks. Yeah. And you, you know, you learned the hard way that you can't just, train and expect the magic to happen like there's so much more that goes into it and again inherently we know this stuff it's about whether or not it sits in our brain as a priority it's one thing that um you know as a coach i think i've i've got a good handle on because of my previous um my previous career um you you, we learn about this thing you learn a lot of about uh, behavioral change theories but um there's there's this thing um uh, called stages of change theory, which basically layers out where people are on this this spectrum towards being ready to do something. And so, like you think about think about a government message that's like, "Hey, stop smoking because smoking causes lung cancer and 
don't you want to be able to play with your kids? You know, you don't want to get a sick and die. Tell that to a smoker. Be like, hey, you know that smoking causes lung cancer? They'll be like, yeah. They're like, do you want lung cancer? They'll be like, no, nah, probably not. Be like, okay, you're going to stop smoking? Like, no, nah, I'm okay. Thanks. Like they already know the, the risk of doing this thing. But if you talk to them where you're on a level uh, of change because you see the importance of, of health, you see the you have the foresight to know what this is going to look like if they get sick or whatever, they're not on that level. So if you talk to them on that level, it just falls upon deaf ears. It's like, how do we get people to making, to the point where they're making this thing a priority? And the only way that you can do that is by getting this person to go introspective. So if you want to, uh, if you're a coach listening to this or if you're a lifter trying to work out why you find it so hard to make change, you have to ask yourself questions about like, what are my priorities? How do I shift my priorities in order to bring something up a notch to the point where it is the forefront of my mind and I can make change around this thing? And then once you've worked that out, okay, well, I need to commit this amount of time on a Sunday to prepare my meals for the next four or five days. Once you work that out, it doesn't just happen. Then you have to put in the fucking work to make it happen. And that's the word to describe all of this. It's work. Like trying to make yourself go to sleep earlier than usual. That takes work. Trying to cook your meals and eat healthy and do all the other stuff that you have to do. Walk around the block, improve your cardiovascular fitness, train harder, whatever. It's all work. And work is not something that comes easily. You have to work for it. If we can look at our if we can look at our training and everything that happens outside of our training as that, as work, and embrace the fact that work is not easy. Work sometimes suck. We don't want to do work. And then look at the the you know the reward that we're chasing and make that our driving force. Then we can get past those mental hurdles of I don't want to do this. But no one can tell you that. You have to go introspective and figure it out yourself. Like, there's days that you guys probably don't want to work, but you're like, well, I have to work because I've got bills to pay. I've got to feed myself. I've got to pay my rent. You know, there's days I don't want to work, but I've got bills to pay. I've got people to pay. I've got to f- pay myself, you know, feed my rent, feed my dog. <laughs> you know, it, we don't, sometimes don't want to do this stuff, but the reward, the payday, the thing that we're chasing takes the priority and we're like, well, we have to do this. That's what, you know, creating habits is about is embracing the fact that it's not just like oh i'm gonna i believe i can squat 300 kilos and if i just get up every morning and visualize about it for 30 minutes it will come into my life no (laughs) visualize yourself squatting 30 minutes and then think how the fuck am i actually going to get here what are the steps i need to take and then go and do the work that's what's going to get you there it's crazy because this the last uh 10 weeks of training besides the spicy back that i've got it's been my best the best training's ever been, the strongest I've ever gotten. And it's the first time in my whole life I've actually done all the the big things, manage my sleep, manage my nutrition. I did everything to a T. I worked with Rochelle. I followed my program by Gidge, loosely. Um, yeah, so it's like you said, yeah, you gotta fucking you gotta actually you gotta actually earn the right to, you know, give yourself those big goals and you gotta do the work to to get there. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, uh, a friend of mine, I'm happy to call him a friend, I chat to him quite a bit, uh, Bryce Krawcheck made a really cool video on, on this, a really just short snippet about like earning earning the right to have high expectations of yourself. So head to Calgary Barbell, um, their Instagram page, and watch that snippet. It's, it's really cool. The, the thing that's kind of annoyed me um, about this sport sometimes, uh, not, not about this sport directly, uh, but because powerlifting is so easily accessible, and because it's so niche and small, there are a lot of newcomers that rise to the top very quickly. Um, and uh, you get a lot of people who then devalue the amount of work that needs to go into this. Like a lot of people look at record lists and think, I can do that. And then come in with this like uh, high and mighty attitude of like, I'm, I'm training to break these records. It's like, well, no, you have no respect for the sport because you've never done it. You have to earn your stripes here. And any any true powerlifter, anyone who's competed fucking once knows that lifting on the platform is not the same as lifting in the gym. There's so many people that have come, uh, you know, seen me coach big benches and be like, I have a big bench, I'm going to chase this record. And their bench is horrendous. And once you teach them how to bench and put them in a scenario where they would have to do it like they're in a powerlifting competition, all of a sudden their bench is 40 kilos weaker. Like legit. You know, they're getting bro spots in the gym or th- bouncing it off their chest like crazy, add a pause, add some control, keep your bum on the bench all of a sudden. Now you're not as strong as you thought you were. 
And then it's like, oh, okay, well, um, this is too hard for me. It's like, what? You were actually expecting to walk into a sport and be the top level straight away with no work? Imagine that. Imagine we all just walk down and we walk down to whatever, I don't know, the tennis club. And we're like, hey, we want to compete at the Australian Open next year. I'd be like, what? Why? How? <laughs> what are you talking about? It makes no sense. But people think it makes sense in our sport and it's, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. It's so frustrating. Like you said, because it's so easily accessible. Uh, you know, you can walk into a gym, you can do squat, bench, deadlift. And you can say, yeah, I'm good at these. I'm going to go to break these records or whatever. But yeah, like you said, it's just the lack of respect for the sport. And you touched on the tennis thing. You don't fucking watch the NRL and go, fuck yeah, I'm faster than that guy. I deserve to be in the NRL. Let me go fucking play for the storm tomorrow. It's mm. not how it works. I don't know why. Um, it's kind of like that with all barbell sports though. CrossFit's the same. So, there's some real athletic freaks out there that they're strong, they're fast. I could be good at CrossFit. They've never actually done CrossFit. Mm. Until they're put in those scenarios, they fucking suck. Same with Olympic weightlifting. You see lots of footy players that can you know, clean 140, 160 kilos. Same thing. They get put in a weightlifting scenario. It's completely different. You don't have all the bros around you screaming. You you can't just reverse curl it and yeah. Yeah. It, I used to see it quite a lot because I mainly just talk to powerlifters these days. Um, I don't get inquiries from, from non-powerlifters very often, but back in the day I used to get people quite a lot come across from um, when, when bodybuilding started exploding uh, or bodybuilding is not the right word, but you know um, the stage pageantry deals, you know, like all the sub, all the subdivisions and all of those things that popped up and then the federations split into two and then three and all of a sudden there was 10 federations with a thousand divisions. Everyone would walk in and win nationals. And so you'd get like, you know, a, I don't know what the board short division is, the board short division or the bikini division or something. Someone walk in who's a national champion of their sport being like, I'm going to be a national champion of this sport. Uh, and yeah, the, like watching them like come in try some things work out very quickly that they're pretty good at lifting weights but they're nowhere near the top because the people at the top have dedicated their time their energy and their effort into getting to the top and then being like ah no i'm too competitive this isn't for me like that means you're inherently not competitive because what you're doing is walking around and w looking for easy wins that, that's not competitive to me at all no, there's, um, there's been times as well where people have stepped foot in here because, you know, they've talked about being the strongest at the commercial gym and that's something they're really proud of. They walk in here, they're not the strongest or they've kind of convinced themselves they want to do powerlifting. They walk in here, they're not the strongest here and they leave straight away. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen it a few times now where that, people have mentioned, you know, I'm the strongest in my commercial gym. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, that, the irony with that is, is that the best way to excel at something is to recognize that you're not as good as it as you can be. Um, and the best way to recognize that you're not as good as it as you think you are is to see other people who are better than you. Like being around people who are better than you at the thing is the is like the best performance enhancer there is. Like exactly what I thought the day that I walked in here. I was so intimidated, but I'm like, this is the best thing for me. Yeah. To be around these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if you're not like you're not in competition with those people, you're literally just around them. It's better than being in an environment where you're by yourself doing your own thing. And yeah, I mean, like some people thrive on that, like me versus me, and and powerlifting very much is me versus me. But if it's me versus me, I want to chase me better. <laughs> and if I see other people that are better than me, it makes me want to be a better version of me. That's that's why people get so strong in environments like this irrespective of how talented they are, how good the programming is, how good the uh, the equipment is, if you're around people that are doing the same thing and pushing you, you'll get stronger. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I'm the strongest I've ever been and it's only because I'm surrounded by people that are all stronger than me. And it, I don't know, I feel like if you're the best person in the room, you're plateauing, you know? So... Yeah, for me, it, it's it's such a great environment because it also, I don't know how you say this, like as, as much as I may not be the strongest in the room, it also isn't everyone's identity. Mm. So it's such a healthy environment to be in mm. where you're being pushed to be better, but you're not condemned for not being the best. It's like when you told me, CJ, you want to squat 220 and I laughed at you. And I was like, you're way stronger than that. 
Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like, fuck, these guys all want me to be better. Mm. And you've already squatted more than that. Mm. Right. Yeah. We'll take the snapshot of the humility until next week when he's like, you know what? I actually am the strongest <laughs> in this room. <laughs> There's literally not one Filipino in this room that is stronger than me. It's <laughs> all we're going to hear about for months uh, until James competes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If, he, if he makes it to the platform. Yeah. If I go more than six from nine, that's yeah. all I want to do. Healthy habits, baby. But success is different for everyone, Thomas. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So I don't need to beat CJ to be successful. <laughs> what is I, what success to you then? I need you to beat CJ to be successful. <laughs> for everyone. For uh. So we asked a bunch of questions on the, um, uh, the Zero Instagram page. Uh, a few of you have fired some good ones. A few of you have fired some trash ones as usual. Thank you for... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for wasting our time. <laughs> I nope. don't know if it's been added to it yet, but can I just ask my mum and dad's question? Go for they it. really want to know how you came up with the name Zero Weakness. Yeah, They've asked sure. me several times. Um, so I, uh, for, for those who don't know, the gym formerly was PTC Gold Coast. Um, and I was getting to the point where my online coaching had gone, um, it had been international for a while, but only really New Zealand. Um, and then it started going bigger. So I had clients in, in Dubai and Israel and America and the UK um, and a few other countries. And it always felt weird to have people tagging uh, a physical location on the Gold Coast, like PTC Gold Coast or even just that brand name. Um, and I also wanted to get away from people um, just saying that I was the coach because I could feel in the back of my mind that I wanted to expand beyond uh, you know, the identity of PETC and Gold Coast and, and Thomas just being one thing. So I was like, okay, well, I need to I need to create a brand for my online coaching so people can represent something bigger than me. Um, and so that's that's where I started thinking I needed to create a brand. And the, the whole idea of zero weakness is, it, it's a little bit nerdy, but it comes from um, physics and physics. There's a lot of words that we have to describe physical principles that don't exist. Uh, so for example, darkness um, there's no such thing as darkness. There's only the absence of light. Um, the same can be, uh, you know, there's no such thing as being slow. There's only the absence of, you know, velocity or acceleration or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so that's, that's what I thought. I always hated the word um, weak. I always preferred people to say, you know, if people come in and say, oh, I'm so weak, I'd be like, no, you're just not as strong as you could be right now. Or you're not, you know, you're not at the strength that you wanted to be. I wanted to remove the language of weakness think about the language of strength. Um, and so that's what it represents to me, that there's no such thing as weakness. There's only the absence of strength. So zero weakness. That's and really cool. Mm, I love I like that. that story. And plus I, I really wanted something that was like a play on words. So when you read the brand, a lot of people still say, hey, you're Thomas from Zero W. This, it's not Zero W, it's just zero, even with the W on the end. There we go. There you go. Just to clarify. Get it right. <laughs> I can't wait to have a sick day and then Thomas goes, hey, where were you? You weren't at work. I was like, no, I was absent from work. <laughs> Is that going to work? Yeah. No. I'll be like, bro, are you sick? He'll be like, no, nah, I'm not sick. I'm like, why aren't you at work? I've just got absence of health. <laughs> I'm lacking health right now. What's everyone's hobbies outside of the gym? Uh, you start, James. Powerlifting. <laughs> Training. Uh, outside of the gym, I love, uh, what do I love? I love music, like listening to music. I love basketball, rugby league, rugby, pop culture. I'm a sucker for like, I guess you could say like street fashion, fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're my things. I love basketball. I love basketball probably the most out of anything though. Rich? I love movies and TV. I love sci-fi. I'm absolutely obsessed with sci-fi movies. Um, we need to do <laughs> an alien-themed Zero shirt. For yes, please. Yes, please. It'll work with I've already Nick. got an idea of... What I want for it too. Send it to Nick. He'll yeah, do it. Yeah, He's a man. I will. Um, I love reading. I love Stephen King. I love any horror. Um, yeah, pop culture as well. Uh, what else do I like? I love going to the beach, hanging out with my family when they're here. Yeah, that's about it. Tombro? Well, I hate reading and I hate <laughs> the beach, so I can't be friends with Bridget. I do love <laughs> hanging out with her family though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I really... Uh, I really love cooking. Um, cooking is a very strong passion of mine. A uh, fun fact, I have auditioned for MasterChef before. Um, 
I didn't get very far. But I also auditioned for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Hot Seat and I got all the way to the final stages. There's like four stages and I got all the way to the point where it's like, we'll call you and if you don't hear from us within a year, you never made it on the show. And I never heard from them again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been five years and I'm still... <laughs> That's a big timeline. <laughs> If you hear from us within the next 12 months. <laughs> yeah, well, because so you're not allowed to reapply for 12 months. Oh, yeah. So they're like, because obviously they get hundreds and hundreds mm. of applications. Um, What's the audition uh, process like? Uh, I'm trying to remember. You had to, so you had to pass a test online mm. and then you go to this massive group test. And so they do a, they do a test and if you score more than X percentage, you go into the next phase, which is another test. And if you score more than X percentage, you go through to an interview, uh, which is like a, a video interview. Um, and that's the last stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was a kid. I was like 20 or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, I definitely botched the interview because I was just a weird ass kid. So. Um, <laughs> Can confirm though, you are a good cook. You do you do, do a yes. mad barbecue. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, otherwise, playing music. I like playing playing piano. Uh, besides that, I don't do much else. Mm. No, I'm much the same. I, I love music. I, I play a few instruments and I enjoy playing, yeah, all sorts of music. Um, Put more montages up. I love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Your Chili Peppers ones. That was okay. sick. So good. Should me and Tombo do a collab? Yes. 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 Collab yes. for sure. Yes, we will. <laughs> not okay. allowed to post it though. I don't post that. Symphony <laughs> X and Coldplay. <laughs> Can I post it or not? <laughs> yeah, just cut me out. <laughs> no, we're not. Superimpose my head over Thomas's. <laughs> and put, put my voices right on the thing. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, uh, big fan of movies. Um, yeah, uh, mu- music, love music. Um, love combat sports. Big fan of the UFC. Big fan of boxing. Did boxing as a kid. Um, you like Formula One as well, don't yes, you? Yes, huge fan of Formula Me One. Too. Um, Who's your favourite driver? Senna. <laughs> no, Michael Can't. Schumacher. Yes, as a kid, he was like the hero. Yeah, um, literally the only toy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, currently, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, really. My, yeah. Nice. Um, love my favorite. He's just retired. Kimi Raikkonen. It's a, I was ooh, so sad. Kimi. He's the one that he drives the car. <laughs> yeah, he's mad. <laughs> you should. There's a. There's a doc. So the Santa guy that I mentioned. There's a documentary on him. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah. Incredible. Real, cl- like. He was like a super gifted driver mm. um, and he died in a crash. Um, but his driving got worse as the cars got better. So as the technology improved, um, he was such a good driver because he knew the cars inside out. And when they started putting all these like computers as part of the cars, the cars performed differently. So they could perform better, uh, but he had developed the skill set over his entire career of controlling cars and he he was so resistant to the changes uh, but that's where the direction of the sport was going and I, I i i might botch this but i'm pretty sure because of that something with the brakes or something with something to do with the car screwed him up and he crashed and died yes yeah and the guy that designed that car is a genius and he um is the head guy for red bull right now which is one of the top teams and he writes the book like his own book where he talks about like building the car that killed Senna. And it's far out. Anyway. That's crazy. We're getting really is <laughs> <laughs> a powerlifting podcast. We're talking about motorsport. No, we're talking um, about whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, also a big fan of um basketball. Uh, loved Kobe growing up. I love how before James is like, you you got the, the shoes ready to fight and then you're like, nah, I'd never fight. And then the first thing, oh, I love combat sports. Yeah. I just I'm a fan. love anything I'm a fan. to do with fighting. I just want to fight. No, I don't want to fight. Um, what's the craziest thing you've done in terms of fitness um, slash gym? I guess with me on that, I have had a boxing fight. That's probably the most out there thing. Oh, please tell me there is footage of this somewhere. James? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I've done heaps of shit, but I've had a boxing fight as well. You've seen mine. The no, guy, oh, well, the guy I fought was Sam Haggard. He's the K1, uh, what is it? King of the ring, eight man champ for Muay Thai in New Zealand. And he was the Oceania Taekwondo champ as well. Why did you fight him? I don't know. <laughs> did you die? Nah, it was, um, I'll find the footage. We can put it up somewhere. Um, nah, it was, yeah, I, I got pumped. It was terrible. I'm not much of a fighter. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the craziest thing I've ever done. Mm. Chuck some endurance running in the mix. Is, 
I still think running in the 30k race that was pretty fucking wild to me because I used to think like 5k's was long <laughs> that's huge no? yeah. 5k's is long yeah <laughs> yeah. No, no, 30k's is massive Bridget Honestly, the craziest thing I ever did was a year ago I came in here and did a novice powerlifting competition and now here we are. <laughs> the craziest thing you did is move that microphone back in front of you. No, it's, yeah. it's Buddy. I was sitting it's up oh, here. Buddy. Blame the dog. It's I was buddy. sitting yeah. up here all and right. now I've like sunk down because <laughs> I don't want to disturb him. Yeah, so it's all Buddy's fault. takes up so much space. Okay. I, I don't know <laughs> if this is crazy as much as just stupid, um, but I broke the Guinness World Record for the total amount of weight squatted in 24 hours. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why do we not know this? How yeah. Have you got this like the Guinness? No, so here's here's the story, right? Um, I was the editor of a teen magazine, um, like a, a mental health kind of magazine directed at teenagers. I was like, I don't know how. I was, I was 20. I was 20. It was just before my 21st birthday. And um, we were releasing this magazine, I think World Teenage Day or something. There was this big um, expo thing in King George Square in Brisbane. And uh, yeah, I broke the Guinness World Record. Basically, the, the record was set at 50,000 kilos. Um, I saw it on the internet and being one of these people, like I was just ragging on before, I was like, I can beat that. Doesn't sound that hard. You know, did some quick maths, how many reps, how many, how much weight on the bar. Uh, and so I did it. I, I broke it. I set it at 70,000 kilos. I pushed it up by, um, it was 55. I pushed it up by, yeah, 15,000 kilos or whatever. Just, this, just think like squat rack, six, it started at 80 kilos, then went 70, then 60, just sets a 10 with one rest for hours and hours and hours, just nonstop. Um, and so to get the certificate on the spot, you have to pay a Guinness representative to fly out, pay their accommodation and everything. And they have to be there the whole time. Or what you can do is they'll give you a, a list of stuff that you have to do um, uh, that ticks off the boxes in terms of them being able to verify it. So you have to film the whole thing, get a bunch of people to sign off on it. They have to be present. They have to show their qualifications, whatever. So for me, I had to have two qualified trainers of some sort sit there, write it all down. I had to send the logbook. It all had to be recorded. So I did all that. Um, and th it's a three to six month verification process. And the time that it was being verified, it got broken again. Oh, so that, that, they they sent me a letter, but I never got an official certificate, and I never got in the book. Aww. That's my story. If you're listening, Guinness Books or whoever runs it, fucking send your boy a certificate. No, the, the guy smoked it. Oh, <laughs> so I went from fifty five thousand to seventy thousand kilos. He did a million pounds, so he did like four hundred and fifty something kilos. What? Wow, wait, is that? The right mass, something like that. Fifty thousand kilos. A lot Jeez. of kilos. That's in insane. 20, in twenty four hours. Yeah, I only went for eight hours. Even though weakness isn't a word, he had zero weakness. That yeah. guy. Well, I had a lot because I'm two hundred percent sure this is what started the the downslide of my hips. <laughs> The, the training was fucked. Like yeah. twice a week, I would just set a timer, like five hours, and just go and do sets of ten for five hours. And like five hours, you know, the doms you get after a leg session mm. times that by 50. Mm. And that was my life because just by the time I was recovered, I'd do another session and then just keep going like that. Yeah. So it'd be four or five days between sessions. And it was meant to be in December that I did the thing and the venue that I was doing at was like, no, we don't want to do this. Sounds dumb. Uh, and they pulled the pin on me like a couple of weeks out. And so I had to extend it by two more months. So I kept training for like two more months like that. It was everything about it was just dumb. Yeah, that's yuck. That's insane. That's my story. Jeez, that's insane. Um, Isaac Store is you talking about running, James? He says, "How did you incorporate weights when training for running?" Step one: Don't fall off the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> Didn't even fall. That's what. Just oh, uh, no. <laughs> so, just uh, on that, Isaac fell off the treadmill here at the gym, busted his ankle real bad, and he kept training like a madman. So, good on you, Isaac. Good on you. Yeah, but how did I incorporate weights while running? I didn't. I stopped lifting altogether. Uh, I don't know if that's the answer you wanted to hear, but that's what I did. I stopped lifting altogether. I was just playing basketball. I was doing like two. No, I guess you could call them weight sessions. I was doing two like circuit sessions with uh, that one of my best friends ran, like her classes, kind of like an F45 type thing. I did two of those sessions a week. Um, and yeah, I didn't. I didn't run. I mean, I didn't lift weights while I was running. It's super easy to do though. Mm. We've trained triathlon uh, people and marathon runners here over the years. 
It's just about, uh, it's similar to training or, or prescribing programming for any other sport. You just buffer either end of the spectrum, like buffer the lifting up and the running down if you're focusing on lifting and the other direction if you're focusing on the running. So as you start to increase your running volume, you decrease your gym volume um, and just make sure that the extra work that you're doing isn't interfering with your performance in the other endeavor. Yeah, there's lots of, all the good runners, they all do something in the gym. They're always in the best shape as well. They're always the most resilient. Uh, they've all got a little bit of muscle mass to them. So yeah, you should definitely uh, incorporate some strength training uh, in your running program. All right. More quick fire. Benny asks, ever thought of adding a recovery center inside of the zeros by, and adding protein shakes to the fridge? <laughs> uh, we used to have protein shakes and I'll get some more. Um, I've, got, I've got a hookup where we can get some ready to go mm. ones. Uh, recovery center, absolutely, yes. Uh, I've thought about doing that. The, the thing is just room. Yeah. You know, if, if I ever have space to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Which Benny asked that? Uh, Benny Ryan. That's uh, Benny Boy Lifts. Oh, Benny yeah. Boy Lifts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brutus asked, uh, Brutus Magnuson asked, when do we get to see Thomas playing the piano? Never. When we collab. Yeah. When we yeah. collab. Yeah. Yes. Loading. The collab's it coming. It is Let's happening. go. Meg Kimura asks, what are your hidden secret talents? Secret slash hidden talents. <laughs> what are your hidden secrets? I'm not exposing myself <laughs> like that. Hidden <laughs> secrets. Hidden. Yeah. Hidden secret slash hidden talents. That's the question. I'll go. Yeah. I'm a gun with a soccer ball. Yes, you are. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I've seen you juggle. Yeah, I can do a thousand and thirteen juggles with a soccer ball. I can do lots of tricks, and I can do sixty six hitters in a row. So just juggling with my head. Dang! When you say you can do, like, can, can we do that like right now? Hundred percent. You've seen me with a soccer ball. Yes, though. yes, I have. There's yeah. a soccer ball yes, downstairs. Yeah. Don't yes. bust an Achilles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did uh, you play as a kid? Yeah, I played. I was in the New Zealand academy. Uh, until I was like 13 and then all my mates, uh, you know, twisted my arm to play, go play footy with them. Did you ever play against Parklands? No. Did you ever see a really fat kid in a red uh, goalie jersey <laughs> crying against the pole and letting people score goals? No. Okay. Well, so we didn't cross paths then as children. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So yeah, I scored ten that day. I don't know. That, yeah. um, no, they pulled me out pretty quick on that day. <laughs> uh, Gavin, go wait, wait, Bridget and me. Had, I don't and you have any. Oh, sorry. Yes, Bridget. Um, this is a weird one, but I'm actually a really good shot with a gun. Oh. Yeah, I'm into a shooting oh. range, and I was really good at it. Like first go. I'm all sudden, <laughs> I have just fear, yeah. shivers, just chills went through me right now. Why like, am I shaking? <laughs> yeah, if I had like six different weapons, I was really good at all of them. Country so. girl. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you shoot in New Zealand? Yeah. So we we went shooting for our school camp. Like they took us shooting Queens Park school camp. Mm. A little bit hillbilly out that way. <laughs> um, but always like, because uh, the, the pres- uh, sorry, the pastor of the church that I went to growing up was the president of the local gun club. He's an American, so it makes sense. Uh, and he, he worked at Gun City in Christchurch. Um, and But always, anytime I went shooting, first time females, way better than anyone else. Yeah? Just, I, I think it comes down to like steady hands. Yeah. A better focus. Yeah. See, That's I watch cool. too many rap movies. I'd be holding <laughs> guns. <Sideways. laughs> well, what are you doing? <laughs> Not even looking down the side. <laughs> CJ. There's still two of us. Stop skipping. What? I, don't even, I haven't moved on. <laughs> You keep looking at the phone like you're about to ask. What's your hidden talent? Oh, to- CJ's got heaps. You just like, all of a sudden like fucking what? post an Instagram video going. Yeah, <laughs> playing drums what? since when? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll- I bet I bet he sings like an angel. No, yeah. no, I, I. But that being said, I have literally like seriously considered getting singing lessons. CJ Ooh. Sebastian, Ooh. proper, <laughs> just because like. Yeah, for so long, I was always annoyed how I, I could play a lot of instruments and I love music so much, but I could never sing. And that's like the instrument you carry with you everywhere. And I, I realized, well, I learned how to play those instruments. Why don't I just learn to sing? <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I might get singing lessons, but no, I don't, I don't have a voice of an angel mm. yet. Maybe. We'll see. Thomas? CJ was going to the questions again, eh? No, I'm just... No. I'm happy for you to go to the questions. Nah, go on, Thomas. I don't. I don't know if I have any. Um, well, everyone knows you play piano now. Yeah, you're good too. Yeah. You can, Very well. You can like sing as well. Classical. Yes, you can actually. Surely you sing on the collab. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do. When I first started working for Thomas, he used to 
he used to teach me how to play the uh, the keyboard every Friday. <laughs> um, I, I'm just good at patterns. That's all I'm good at. Like I'm good at seeing patterns. I'm really good at puzzles. To me, music's a pattern. Lifting's a pattern. I'm just good at patterns. Ooh, and see patterns. Wow, that is yeah. That's music theory. Um, I call it disability, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Okay, Brutus. Uh, uh, Brutus Magnuson asks you, Thomas. What's your favorite Pokemon? Pokemon Generation. Are they? Oh, Pokemon Gen. Mm. Yes. I'm old school. I'm 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 one two. One two. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Generations one and two. Okay. There's there's some real gems in later generations, but I think as a whole, it's pretty hard to beat the original package. Even if you remove like feelings of nostalgia, it's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do another podcast on this. Okay. Okay. We will. An entire episode. <laughs> uh, I'm real passionate about this next one. Brett Warland asks, Up in Smoke Tour, still Dre versus Up in Smoke Tour, forget about Dre, Eminem. Who still wins? Dre. Still Dre? Hands down. Yeah, I agree. Up and Smoke Tour. I still remember that the is, first time I watched oh. the Up and Smoke Tour. That's how I learned how to do the Crip Walk. Charles? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing me and Bridget have nothing to say on that. I, I don't know what yeah. it is. I know the songs, but I don't. Up and Smoke Tour was a concert they did. When was it? 2001. Was that mm. when they had... <laughs> you don't know anything about it. Wow. Knows the exact <laughs> year it was. Hip, closet hip-hop superstar. <laughs> what, was that when they had the hologram of Tupac? No, 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 this is years and years ago, 2001. Yeah. Very long time ago, and it's pretty much the greatest collaboration. It was pretty much what was at the Super Bowl mm. okay. halftime show. Then, so so it was then, like in their Dre, prime. Snoop, Eminem, yeah. 50 yeah. Cent. I had it on Zip video. It. I had it on VCR. <sighs> yeah, it was mad. Sick. That is still hands down, yeah, amazing. So do you guys, now that you know what, no, don't. Well, like, are we just picking a song? Yeah. Still Dre or... I can't remember how Still Dre goes. That's why I haven't given an answer because I can only you think... You can play it. Representing... <laughs> 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 still. <laughs> Hitting the corners and the follow. Still. I'd vote Still Dre. Yeah, I'll just go with you guys. <laughs> no, you know these, Bridget. You yeah. play them. She's being humble <laughs> or shy. Come on, Bridget. Is it Still Dre? Yeah, go still Dre for yeah. it. I guess I just never understood Eminem's lyrics and yeah. forgot about Dre. Like I, I don't have any context as to why he's being so aggressive. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not an Eminem fan. You're not. No. Nah. I like yeah. Eminem. I don't. I didn't like some of the, like the the full on psycho Eminem for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yes. And saying I'm not an Eminem fan, I still know every Eminem, Eminem song. Yeah, I, I think he's just a free talent and really good lyricist. Um, Maddie Elliott says you're a strong Pinoy. Is he talking to CJ or Henny? I think, uh, I think the people for know. the listeners, Pinoy <laughs> means uh, Filipino in yes in Tagalog. Yes. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Time, time will tell who he's talking tell. to. Time will tell. Um, let's end on this one. Jimmy Barnes, the great Barnesy. What's the coolest experience you've had in the gym? Hmm. Oh man. There's a few, and it's got nothing to do with me. I reckon the day you benched 140. Yeah, that's that was a good day. That was a good day. I appreciate that. Um, Eric's 300. Yeah, that that was a great moment. Paris's record. Yes, I love. I'm a sucker for deadlifts. I love. It's my favorite lift. I see. I I reckon we add some parameters here. I think in the gym doesn't include comps. Yeah, okay. Has to be in, in <sighs> <Fine>. the gym. <laughs> All right. Henny's 140 then. <laughs> Just that. Um, oh, man. You guys go. Uh, uh. I got... This sounds really corny, but I've got so many cool experiences. All the relationships that I've built through this place. We're all such different people that come from different walks of life. Like... Who would have fucking thought us four would be sitting down talking into mics? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So true. So like, for me, I've got heaps of experiences. Such a nice way of being like, I wouldn't even look twice <laughs> at you people on the streets. <laughs> My boys with, no. 
But yeah, sometimes when I'm hanging out with all you guys, or even at the comps, I just look around and go, fuck, we're all so different. Yeah. This is wild. That's my answer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of overwhelmed with this. Um, this so many like think of think of Henny's 140 you know like the whole gym stopping and getting behind him and screaming and and him mm. getting a pb and it's so important like i wish i could say that that was that was a special occurrence but it happens for us so often yeah. mm. and like i it would be unfair and untrue of me to point out one of them because there's so many that come to mind that are stand out but there's also so many more of them that if I had a day to think about it, I could write a list that's longer than I can count, you know? So it's, it's really hard to, I don't know. It's really hard to pick. So I'm, I'm going to cop out and, and say something similar to James, which is just like every day hanging out with the people here, hanging out with you guys moments, moments that really stand out is like, you know, doing a barbecue and just looking at everyone sitting around and, and just chilling mm. out and being like th th seeing the community is is what it is school had that school had this sport unites yeah like people from all walks of life yeah and we connect over this one thing mm. and yeah it's it's awesome we connect over a barbell and circle <laughs> metal yeah <laughs> arbitrary measure of resistance <laughs> <laughs> that's right we literally lift metal on metal for fun yeah yeah and call it a sport yeah <laughs> Yeah, Athletes yeah. <laughs> I would have never Honestly yeah Would never thought I'd be Yeah I think that in any other scenario Imagine we're all cavemen Oh that rock looks really heavy I'm going to pick it up And I'm going to put it back down <laughs> And you do it And everyone's like Whoa <laughs> Now let's eat <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do Yes it is Wait a very long time And we'll pick it up again I was just thinking Because like I train with uh, I train with Like Ryan Anderson Yeah um, I know like he gets a million shout outs on this, but he's like a little bit older than me. He's got like mind your fucking business tattooed on the side <laughs> of his head. <laughs> like we're two completely different people, but what brings us together is zero and powerlifting. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I know I'm getting fucking a little bit sloppy, soppy, sloppy, sappy, sappy. Yeah. That's the one with this, yeah. but it's so true. Like yeah. I'm hanging out with people that I'd never fucking hang out with mm. ever in my life, but we're brought together by, yeah. Like what Thomas said, a barbell and some fucking circle pieces of metal. <laughs> what about you, Bridge Dog? Are we still talking about the coolest moment in the gym? Yeah. Is that the question? Yeah, I just kind of yeah. flipped it and reversed it. Yeah. i got nothing else to add. I agree with these guys. It's just, yeah, the community mm. here, the camaraderie, seeing all the boys on like a, what is it, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, like everyone doing their reels and having a laugh. and Everyone yeah, doing James's <laughs> reel. <laughs> it's now, just the best. Now you know why I leave at five on Tuesday. <laughs> Thomas sees all the boys dancing. Let me get out of here. I'm out. Yeah. The dickheads have all showed up. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. All mm. right. That's us. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Give us five stars on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell so you know every time we upload a new video and we will catch you guys next week. Bye -bye. See ya. Bye. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.